Hey, it's Greg and Fiona here, the Laptop Lifestyle Experts, and welcome to this episode of our Live a Laptop Lifestyle podcast series. And this episode is titled, Fall in Love with Technology. Now, we're going to start with a, um, a quote by Tim Berners-Lee, who was, for all intents and purposes, the grandfather of the internet, or the granddaddy, whatever. Um, he said, the web as I envisaged it, we have not seen it yet. The future is still so much bigger than the past. Now, we know what you're thinking when you hear the title of this podcast, Fall in Love with Technology, um, that we've mentioned that T word, and you're probably thinking you can't possibly start an online business and live a laptop lifestyle because you don't know how it all works. Well, maybe you don't know how to build a website yet. You don't know how to, anything about marketing yet. You don't know what half the terminology is all about. You don't like Facebook. You don't like any pictures you see of yourself on the internet. And you don't know, like, la, la, la. That's just, that's just all in your head. So just calm down, relax, and take a big, deep breath because we can help you and reassure you that none of these so-called excuses need to start you from starting your thriving on online empire and yes you do need to learn something about technology but you just have to know the basics and we're going to explain all that in this podcast and just think about this if you're going to, into any business or into any industry and it doesn't matter whether it's multi-level network marketer selling selling um something like amway or monovy or herbal life or you could be a physical business like a high street florist a dry cleaner just just think about dry cleaners all that machinery they've got that's really really scary looking they probably didn't know anything about that when they um, first started being a dry cleaner um, a restaurant all those sharp knives you need to have adults around <laughs> um, or a property investor or let's even say just a fast food food franchise, you've still got to learn something about the industry. So it's no different understanding about the internet and also about marketing when you're setting up an online business. Now, it's very similar to driving a car. You don't need to know how the car works, but you do need to know a few basics like when and how to fill up with petrol, where the water goes for the windscreen washer and the radiator, and how to keep your tyres at the right pressure, but not much else. So you don't need to know what the carburetor does, or what it is and what it does. I've got and no idea what that does. <laughs> oh, no, I certainly don't. But it's the same with your online business. And how do we know that? Well, if you're anything like me, you might think that you're technically incapable um, I certainly did, but if you're completely honest with yourself, you'll surprise yourself with how much you know already. Because if you've worked in an office, or you know how to use email, or if you know how to search Google, and you can type a bit, then honestly, you're halfway there. You already have enough appreciation of most of the technology that you'll need, and the rest you'll learn on the job as you grow and as your business grows. And if you're still a bit dubious, well, let's just discuss this a bit further, starting with the stuff that you're going to need to get started, and just also understand some of the jargon and some of the terms that are going to be that you're going to find associated with the internet. So, the basic equipment that you're going to need 
First of all, you need an internet connection. It goes without saying. And most people these days have an internet connection and most people have broadband. So what you really want to do is get as fast an internet connection as you can, which means broadband um, rather than a dial-up service. Um, we're not even sure if such a thing exists anymore. Dial-up's so 90s, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because you need to be as efficient and time-saving as possible. So th think about this, wasting half a day waiting for a website to load or waiting for videos to play on your computer or uploading files or opening attachments and emails. That's all just wasting your time. And a broadband service has got the capacity to transmit huge amounts of data at high speeds. And we're going to start introducing a few numbers here. Don't get freaked out by them, but they all are megabits per second. Um, think about an old dial-up service. That could go no faster than about 256 bits per second. So a megabit is a 1,000 times more than a bit, and 256 bits per second it's like a tiny, tiny amount of data. So just an example, uploading, say, a five-minute video to YouTube, it could take you several days on a dial-up service. But depending on the speed of your broadband, um, it can take anywhere from a couple of hours, um, if you've got, say, like about five or six megabytes, to, in our case, it takes literally a minute or so um, because our our broadband speed's about 100 megabits per second. That's when we're at home. That's when we're at home, yeah. So We've just uploaded a YouTube video and it took considerably longer than that. Yeah, we're, we actually, are we're actually in the south of Spain at the minute, so um, just where we are, the internet's much slower. But it still works, and we can still operate our business even you know with those sorts of things. You've just got to be a lot more organized. Or patient. So, or patient, <laughs> yeah. But really, don't worry about numbers, um, all of those numbers. Just remember that if it's over 10 megabits per Per second, and remember there's a difference between bits per second and megabits per second, then it's going to be quite fast, and anything higher than that is a real bonus. So just um, hinting on what we do and living a laptop lifestyle and traveling and working from any location in the world, it does have its downsides, as we said, because we do have to work with much slower broadband connections depending on where we're currently located. But that just boils down to being organized. And, and, and literally on, um, on a really slow speed that we've got where we are at the moment, we've, we've run, run webinars, we're uploading videos to YouTube, um, we're doing all that sort of thing and we're just things are just a little bit slower and as Fiona said we need to be organised yeah. and I cut her off when she said and what were we going to say patient <laughs> patience <laughs> so she sat there really patiently while I was saying that um, so, so broadband needs a special router that's all supplied by your internet service provider so people like BT Virgin Media Sky 3Mobile Orange whatever your provider is and it's delivered by a cable that go, that's connected to your house. If you haven't got fiber optic yet, they're bound to be digging up your street at some stage in the next few years. <laughs> um, it could also be via copper satellite. Um, copper cable. Copper cable, there's satellites as well, and most commonly using a telephone line. But with a broadband phone line connection, you can still use your phone while you're using the internet. Um, you may have a firewall on, on, the, on your computer to keep data stored on it and visible from the outside world. So just explaining what a firewall is, it's software um, that will help prevent hackers or any malicious software like viruses 
from being able to get to your computer through the internet. And it can also help stopping your computer from sending malicious software, usually if you've got a virus or something like that, to other computers. And if, um, if, if you're ever wondering what a virus is and what it can do to your machine, there's just a whole different um, range of malicious code that um, silly creatures out there come up with um, what they get out of it. I've got no idea. Um, we've had various forms of hacking and have learnt quite a bit um, you know, about our computer and our website. So maybe just get in touch with, to mail at gregandfionascott.com if the unfortunate um, might happen to you. Now, we're not saying we're going to fix your computer, <laughs> no. but we can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we use, on our machine, to scan for viruses, we use software called McAfee. Which is, smelt, which is spelt M-C-capital-A-F-E-E. And that's, that's sometimes it's bundled into the deal that you get when you buy a new laptop. Or you'll get a free trial period included, which later on you have to sign up and pay for. But they're all very cheap virus scanners. And they literally, the, the cost of virus protection software far outweighs the benefits. It's, it's, um, it's just something that you've got to have. If you don't have it, then you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. Another really good one is another good virus protection software is Norton Antivirus. Um, so but if you don't Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N. Yeah, antivirus. If you don't know which one to pick, then just search on Google for antivirus reviews and check out a few up-to-date review sites as well. So some some antivirus software is free, but that doesn't mean to say that it's good. Usually it means that it's not, um, and it's not really something that you want to play around with. So we suggest strongly that you go with McAfee or Norton. And something like... Um, antivirus software like McAfee or Norton is just a cost of doing business online so it's a necessity as far as we're concerned. If you think about you know it probably costs you about $60 a year or something and if you think about the amount of time that you would have to the amount of time and money that you'd have to spend if you did get a virus it's going to far outweigh that so it's just it's a bit like um, taking out medical insurance or something. Yeah. Travel insurance is better isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the other thing you need to run your online business is, of course, a laptop computer. And this is the good bit because having a laptop means that you can work anywhere in the world, anywhere that you can get an internet connection, that is. So what we do is we pack our suitcase um, with our clothes in it, obviously, and we um, pack our laptops into a rucksack and take them onto the plane with us. We would never, ever, yes. ever put our laptop in our suitcase. Considering um, where we are at the moment, our, our luggage got lost. So um, until the luggage turns up, which it did, thankfully, um, we, if, we didn't, if we had our laptops in the luggage, we wouldn't have been able to do any work. So we just take them everywhere. They're our babies when we travel. Yeah. <laughs> we, haven't, course, we haven't got to the stage of buying an extra seat for them yet, though, have we? <laughs> no. But of course, if you've got a PC, well, that's perfectly fine. Um, only it's a wee bit just sad that it's not so portable. So what do you need in a computer? Well, there is no hard and fast rule, but you can safely say that if your computer is over four years old, then it might be time to look at investing in a new one. Um, and remember, in your business, your online business, your computer is a tax-deductible expense. And I'm not going to get into tax advice because... Um, My eyes even are starting though, to glaze over already. <laughs> even though I was an accountant, I'm not authorised to give tax advice. But any expense in your business is tax-deductible. So always, always consider um, you know, costs for your business in that respect. Now, technology changes quite quickly um, with respect to laptops, and modern computers 
are much faster and have much more memory nowadays, um, which means that you can store more information on them. And just as a rough guide, based on the specification of the computers that we have um, at the minute in our business, we think that the minimum capacity for your laptop should be. Eight gigabytes for your memory. So that's, um, that's still quite powerful. Um, and really what, what that is, it's, it's the quite, it's your memory. This is the, um, the small number. You, there's two numbers that you get. There's one is the memory and there's one that's your, um, your storage capacity. So the small number is always going to be memory and eight, anything eight gigs, eight gigabytes and upwards is good. So it's used, your memory is used to run programs and like when you're loading websites, it'll load things faster and all that sort of thing. So it does stuff on the screen and makes your computer generally run so so that you think it's very fast or very quick. And it's not um, necessary so to know what a gigabyte is. No, just remember not, no. just remember the digit yeah. eight and make yeah. sure that what you're getting is something either eight or higher. Yeah. And then you also need storage space on your computer to save files, so like data and all, all information on your computer. Again, the the size that you need increases over time as technology improves. We just we just stick with five hundred um, gigabytes which we'll um, talk about the reason why shortly, um, because you don't actually need that much storage these days. Even though storage requirements have increased, you don't actually need very much storage um, because you can use something called cloud storage where your data is stored in the cloud. And so, so in other words, it's like stored on computers located all around the world, which you don't need to know where they are. It just all seamlessly happens when you go to retrieve a file um, that's stored on on the cloud and we're going to talk about that in just a minute the good thing about that is that if you lost your laptop you haven't lost all your data so that's a, a really good backup strategy as well um wireless what's wireless or wi-fi um and a wireless well, isn't wifi <laughs> a wireless isn't um isn't a piece of furniture like it was when we were kids um so most laptops have built-in wireless so that you can connect to the internet wherever there's a signal available, an internet signal. And the beauty with wireless is that you can have you know, multiple computers connected to the internet in any one location, uh, including at home. So right now where we are, we have got two laptops, two phones, and one iPad all connected to the same internet connection. So five devices. And you'll notice if you go into bars and coffee shops now, most of them have free free wireless internet, and that lets you check up on emails and everything wherever you are. Um, maybe one, one person that we coach, he actually likes to escape the family, and he goes to work in Starbucks or McDonald's or wherever <laughs> he does, because yeah. he's... Believe it or not, he's getting some peace and quiet there because the kids are so noisy. Um, so wireless capacity is really important, and it's also really easy to connect to as well. It's really just um, clicking a couple of buttons on your computer. Um, another thing to consider is the operating system that your computer uses. And um, we're both PC users, not Macs. Don't hold it against us. Um, I'm just... As I said, I mentioned I was remotely technophobic and I've just got so, so used to all the shortcuts and um, making um, my way around the keyboard on a PC. I'm a bit reluctant to move to a Mac, even uh, though I think they're more awesome. <laughs> and, and and we've also had lots of people complaining about their Macs in the last couple of weeks That's as well, true, we which have. is interesting. <laughs> um, so anyway, operating system, you better talk about that because so it sounds like geeky stuff. Well, I'll try and keep it not non-geeky. It's really just... 
the stuff that makes your computer run that's all you need to know and it may, means that other software will run on your computer as well so if you don't have a if you don't have an operating system you basically don't have a computer it wouldn't work um, PC PCs have Windows 8 and Macs just have whatever the latest version of their operating system is as well so you, you really don't need to worry about it all computer stores are going to sell the latest operating system when you buy a new laptop or a new Mac the, the really really crucial thing we mentioned this earlier is virus protection so anytime that you connect to the internet or you download a file you run the risk of downloading something that's got a virus in it and what a virus is it's a malicious program written by a malicious programmer if I had my way I'd line them all up and shoot them um, because there's just absolutely no need for people to do it um, and what happens is when you download that virus it, it does what it says it infects your computer and it can cause it to do stuff like deleting files corrupting files or it might pop messages up on your screen when you don't want them or it could stop it working completely so virus protection software like McAfee that's going to detect viruses it'll check all the files that you download and it's either going to delete the files or quarantine them and that's just going to save you hours and hours believe me hours of pain and expense because when you get a virus on your computer it's you, you can't remove it yourself you've got to go and get an expert to remove and that's going to cost you like two or three hundred pounds just to do that so it just pays to have good virus protection can't stress that enough absolutely and an actual fact, it's not the cost of getting um, the you know, get, you know getting your computer cleaned. It's the time it takes, which is the most the most frustrating thing. So having a backup of the data and files that are stored on your computer or laptop is absolutely essential because you need to be able to access access your backup easily too, and to be sure that your data is stored somewhere physically away from your computer for example what would happen if you had a fire or a burst water pipe where you know in your home or where your laptop is you'd lose your computer and the backup too if it was stored next to it so there's a very simple software available that automates your backup and the software we use is called GoodSync and it's spelled G-O-O-D-S-Y-N-C and this enables us to back up our data to another disk drive or to add an actual fact to store it elsewhere on the internet um, in the cloud somewhere like Amazon because Amazon is much more than just a, a bookstore. I think that's how they advertise themselves, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> more than just Be a bookstore. <laughs> because there's a thing called Amazon S3, which provides exceptionally cheap, secure data storage on their Amazon cloud service. And we pay about $20 a month to store huge amounts of data, like, you know, numerous numbers of enormous videos, um, and other files that uh, include a you know backup of everything, all of our private photos, and all of our business data. And so Amazon's a really good um, cheap storage system, um, but it is a little bit technical. So we're we're talking about why you should fall in love with technology. The Amazon service at the moment is quite tricky to set up. There's a much much better um, thing that much much better cloud storage that we use called Dropbox. And what Dropbox is, it's just when, when you sign up for Dropbox, you just install a little bit of um, a little uh, program on your computer 
and that allows when you when you save a file into Dropbox, it'll go and copy that into the cloud. So the cloud, when when we talk about the cloud, it's just like computers that are could be anywhere in the world that are just basically designed to store data, and that they're anywhere in the world, and we don't know where they are purely because of what Fiona just said before about you know if you had your backup sitting right next to a computer and you had a fire then you'd lose all your data whereas in the cloud it's stored all over the place and so if something happens um, that the data that's there will also be on another computer so it's like literally stored everywhere and because computers are so cheap these days um, you can have thousands of computers or you know companies that run cloud services can have thousands of computers all over the world and people just pay a really small amount for them and their data is really, really secure. And so the company we use is called Dropbox. It's literally the same as just saving a, a file on your computer. So when we save a file into Dropbox, it doesn't look any different to saving it on your computer, but it's actually stored somewhere. We don't know where, we don't we, we don't know where and we don't care. Um, <laughs> but and, it just and, looks and like just a folder on, that's on yeah. an ordinary folder that, you know, it might as well it looks like it's on your computer and it might as well be on your computer it's just for another a, for a weekend. Name, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so when we come to retrieve that data, we just open that and it's just on our on our um, desktop. And so it's literally, it's as simple as using Windows. There's no, there's no different. And that, that what the, the really nice thing about Dropbox is if you're saving stuff, it has um, version numbers as well. So if you go and delete something by mistake, it still keeps old copies of it. So with the, the number of times where we've deleted something that we didn't want to permanently, and then we go back to Dropbox, and then we can find the version that we had before that, and we can go and restore that. So it's a really, really good service. What do we pay a year? About $60 or something, $90? I think it's $90. And that's like for literally, that's why we said we don't need very much storage on our computer, because we, we pretty well save everything into Dropbox, because it's such a good service, and it's um, really, really um, secure. So consider using Dropbox. You get a free account. Um, and once you get past a certain amount of data, then you do want to pay for it, but it's so much, so much worth it. So, so the point to mention here is that all of our business files um, are stored in Dropbox on the cloud. Most of the programs we use um, on our computers, if they're not online programs, which, um, to be honest, most are today. Which are the best sort now these, these yeah. days. Um, we've got, you know, we've got the backup for those programs stored on the cloud. So... You know, heaven forbid, if someone did pinch one of our laptops, we could literally um, go into a shop, buy another one, and be up and running five minutes later. Yeah. Um, that's how important it is and how impactful it is. Um, but just while we're talking about um, data backup of our machines, it's if you know if you're not storing on the cloud just at the minute, it's also a good time to mention keeping a list of all the software that you do use in your business including the license keys or the as product well. keys they're called the, as well aren't yeah. they and that's something this is something we learned the hard way didn't we totally <laughs> so the first time that it, that it happened um, we decided that we needed to keep them all in a safe place so if your computer dies for any reason and it really does happen more than you'd care to think then you when you you'll know where you go to download replacement software and then you'll have the license keys to hand and it sounds a bit like hard work, but really it's very, very sensible and it's so easy to do if you start from the outset. So that brings us on to password storage. So you can also get software that store, stores all your passwords and things like your software license keys, which we've just been talking about, 
And then the, the next question you're going to ask is, why do I need this? Well, there's three key reasons. First of all, when we started out online, we had a notebook and we had all of our um, all of our logins and that notebook just got bigger and bigger and we spent more and more time looking for it and every time you go onto a website it says you need to change your password um, and so um, we ended up having logins with passwords crossed out and they end up on different pages and it just comes really really difficult to keep track of them because you don't want them all to be the same either for security reasons so it just became extremely impossible to be able to find out which which password went where and the number of the pe number of people we coach if i could count the minutes or hours that we've sat there watching someone else's computer screen <laughs> waiting for them to find their passwords um, I reckon all put together, I, we could have saved ourselves a week. We Seriously, that's bad. You know, so if you're one of these people that jots down um, passwords, you know, in a notebook somewhere, then we are living in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, then, we've, we've sat there for a quarter of an hour waiting for someone to find a password to log into one website. So that's. How bad <laughs> How it much can it get. saves time. Yeah. So another reason, number two, why um, why you need to have password storage software, and that's um, because you do need to change passwords frequently for security reasons in this day and age. So password storage software saves you the trouble of having to remember all of them. Now I had my um, I've got a, um, a, a personal um, Windows Hotmail email account, and I had that hacked into. Um, a while back and that the hacker started sending spam emails out to all of my contacts in that hotmail list um, which highlights the importance of changing your password every 90 days or so so having password storage software makes that very easy to achieve and then point number three is that you're just thinking about you know all the doom and gloom of having your computer crashed or getting it nicked or something and you've got all your passwords stored on it then you're going to be left you know, in a bit of a state, yes, you can get passwords reissued, but when you're working online, you're going to end up with hundreds of them. Then it's going to be a big task. And the good thing about um, the good thing about password storage software is that that's stored in the cloud as well. So, you, so you don't need to worry about it if your computer crashes. You can just go and log into your account, and all your passwords are going to be there. Um, so the the password storage software that we use, if you go to our website, um, gregandfionascott.com forward slash roboform, so R-O-B-O-F-O-R-M, you just go to that link and have a look there. That's the best software we think that's available, and you can use that on a PC and a Mac as well. There's also free versions as, of, as well, so if you're... Um, you know, if your budget's fairly tight, there's a free version as well. But it's usually it's around about thirty dollars a year or something silly, and that means all of your passwords are stored on the cloud as well. So what RoboForm does, it lets you log into a website once, and then it stores your login details securely, so that next time that you go in, you don't have to remember that. Um, you don't even have to remember the website. It's just be be like the, the name website so, URL. You mean? Yeah, you don't need to remember that. You just need to have a name that you can remember, and it's all listed. And just double click on it, um, and find the website you want to go to, and then it will will log you in. So. As I said, it lets you store those login details on their secure network as well. And so literally from wherever you are in the world, you can access all of your passwords um, from, from that software. 
And you can have that same piece of software on um, multiple devices, not just on your laptop, but on your iPad, mobile phone, everything. You know, it's um, and it doesn't matter if you know because we've got um, PC laptops, but then we've got um, Apple iPads and Apple iPhones, and it just works across all platforms yeah, just, um, quite sweetly. It's probably the biggest um, time-saving software in the world that we've ever seen. It literally saves me hours every week because I'm completely useless at filing stuff, which Fiona will attest to. And keeping all those details in one place, I've, I've just literally relied on that software completely. Um, even when my computer died a while back, I could still get onto you know, really vital websites that I needed to get access to. I just needed to go onto Fiona's computer, put in my password for for the software, and literally um, I could go onto any computer in the world and find my passwords again. But just just to emphasize, um, nobody else would be able to get to your passwords because you have one password that you have to remember, but it's a very secure password. And that's the only thing that you have to remember. So you put that secure password in every time you go in. Well, not every time, once you know, once every hour or so. And then um, it gives you access to all your passwords. So I was actually quite reluctant to adopt um, RoboForm. I just sort of thought I was, you know, I was above that sort of thing. I was too clever and I was too organized. Um, but... Oh, since I did probably since I about... beat her over the head with a, <laughs> with a <did>. big stick, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He nagged me, um, which was probably about um, three and a half years ago now, and I haven't looked back. You know, um, and I'm so glad I did because it does just save so much time when searching for passwords, and you know, just because we've got so many that you have when you're running an online business, and as Greg says, you don't even need to remember the website URL that you need to that you need to log into because that is stored too. And you know, you might think that you don't need to get a password storage system straight away, but really the sooner you start using it the more time you're going to save in the long run the amount of times we've just sat there and we, we mentioned this before but we've sat there while someone's shuffling through their notebook it just about nice, drives us yeah, crazy and we yeah. just see that they're wasting so much time our time um, too our time as well um, and you know they could just literally buy a $30 piece of software and it's just going to save them a ton of time so go go to our website gregandfionascott.com forward slash roboform and then um, you'll be able to find out all the details about that Mm-hmm. Now, what about automated tools? Because automated tools exist for almost everything and they help make your job so, so much easier. Now, we've covered the basics that you want um, to kickstart your online business. So let's go back to that lighthearted um, fear of technology, for want of a better word, or silly fear of the things that you don't know. Because after all, the internet is the information superhighway. So there's a mass of information out there just waiting for you to ask the right questions. But the answers to your questions are literally at your fingertips. But you still need to know the right questions to ask. And this is where we want to help you. So we'll start with the huge issue that prevents most people from starting their online business. And this one is really, really <laughs> scary. <laughs> and that is how to build a website. Now, most people we know think that it must be complicated. And to be frank, to be honest, I did too. Um, but now I know it's possible for a total technophobe 
to build a professional looking website in minutes, minutes, but using the right tools, of course. And I've witnessed it many, many a times. You know, people come to us and they'll, and, and the first thing, they feel like they have to make an excuse because the first thing they say is that I'm technically challenged or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's really just a, um, a, a knee-jerk reaction that we humans have because we really don't want to be judged as being um, not particularly smart. Um, so most people say it straight away, but we've then gone on and, and watched people, you know, because we, we screen share, watch them build websites in minutes. So I know from all walks of life, all ages, all corners of the planet, um, it it's, takes a couple of minutes to get a website out with the right tools. And once a website is built, it only needs to be built once. Um, and then it's an easy process when you know how. Um, which we'll be able to help you with too, to keep it updated with regular information for your readers, pretty much like um, a magazine or a newspaper. And, now, and just before we go launch into how to create a website, first we'll just explain what a website is because that's something that people have quite a hang up about as well. They think it's some magic thing that's um, as soon as you touch it, it's going to like blow up in your face or something like that. Or that well, they can break it. Or that you can break it. It's really quite simple. If you can use your computer, then you can create a website because all a, all a website is, it's a group of files, just like a folder that you have on your computer, and you just um, store various documents on it. So a website, so, so you store documents on your computer, all a website is is a folder with various files that are stored and they're not on your computer but they're on a web host and that web host makes those files visible to the rest of the world and available available on the internet. So if, if you already have a web site you'll know about web hosting but it's really just a computer that lives somewhere again in the cloud funnily enough you'll hear a lot of that and it's got your files on there that make up your website. And you can access those from your computer as well. So pages on a website, they're just files in a folder. They have to live or exist somewhere, or they need to be stored somewhere or, or be hosted, which was what we were just talking about. And that's so that they can be seen on the internet. So if you can understand how files are stored in folders on your computer, then you can understand how a website's made up. So the pages in a website can also have links to each other, and those are known as hyperlinks. And they can also link to other websites, which are also known as hyperlinks. So hyperlinks can either link to somewhere in your website or they can link to other websites. Now, many websites you'll see on the internet are like static promotional brochures. So the information that you read, it won't change from one day to the next. But to keep your website active and lively and up to date, you need to have a blog included on the website. Now, blog is just short for web log. Which is funny a funny term when we a think web, about it because no log, one calls yeah. it that any, any, anymore, do they? Yeah, a log, it's like, it sounds... It's a blog. <laughs> <laughs> just think blog. A log sounds like something that Shackleton would have done when he went <laughs> yeah. down to the Antarctic. Yeah. Um, so, blog is short for web log. And blogs are websites with regular, up-to-date entries of um, anything, really. Your opinions, your commentary, descriptions of events you might be holding, or other content such as graphics or videos you create. And each entry is called a blog post, 
and they are commonly displayed in reverse chronological order. So if you want an idea of um, a web log, <laughs> go and have a look at gregandfionascott.com. And the reason, which, sorry. Which, um, which has our blog on the front page of that, of that website. And the reason why they're in reverse chronological order, it's, it's just like saying they're in reverse date order. So the latest posts on a blog are always first. Um, now, just, just to clarify the difference between a blog and a website... All blogs are websites, but not all websites are blogs. So a blog can be part of a website, or it can be a whole website. Um, but it doesn't, a website doesn't have to be a blog. It's just a bit of software that turns it into a, into a blog where you do up-to-date posts and everything. And most blogs are interactive, so they you can let your visitors leave comments and even message each other via things called widgets. Widgets is an extremely geeky term. It's quite weird. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's, think of widgets like an app on your phone. So it just adds a little bit of functionality um, to your phone. So it's a, a little program that does a specific thing. And it's this kind of interactivity that um, makes blogs so much more um, interactive. Um, and distinguishes just a, them from stack it, static websites. So a yeah. static website, as I mentioned, is just... It's just like a, a brochure website, you know. You've probably seen them. They've just got um, a, a business's name and address, what the business is up to, their phone number. You know, they look how, like they've been around since the internet was invented. Well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> There's very modern static sites as well. It's just that they are that um, they're not being kept up to date. You know, they've got standard information of the, on them, which never goes out of date, which doesn't need updated very often. But they're not um, continually providing their users with up-to-date, you know, news events and and um, information that they that they would prefer their readers to have. And and that whole thing is what what makes Google. They really prefer not just blogs, but they prefer up-to-date information because I don't know if it's occurred to you or not, but Google make all their money because their main product which is their search platform, it's so like if you go to google.com or google.co.uk, it's completely free. Sounds funny, but that's how it works um, because Google make their money from allowing people and companies to advertise on the network. So we advertise on Google so that we can generate prospective customers and that's how they make their money. But they keep their, their key service free. But to keep people coming back to Google, back to Google's search platform, they need to ensure that websites that are um, that they are showing people websites that are providing their users with up to date and relevant information, and that's why they like blogs so much because they are con constantly evolving and changing. They're constantly giving people up to date information. It's not stuff that was written ten years ago. Um, the most up to date information they want to show to their customers, and that's all they're concerned about. So. Just to wrap up, in a nutshell, there is software out there to help you build websites easily. Um, our advice is to have a website or have a blog on your website so that you've got information you can continually be sharing and updating. Um, and stay tuned for part two of Fall in Love with Technology where we'll reveal more about what, why you should embrace technology and how it can enhance everything you do in your online business.